the show Out With The Salt. I'm Davon. This is the podcast where we talk about our lives and our world around it. And for this week's episode, we are highlighting our series of Black History Month, Black History Is Me. And this week we have uh, two special guests, one you've seen before and a brand new one I'm honored to have on the show this week. And one is my sister, Kanisha. Say hello. hey, Kanisha. Hello, hello, people. And our other guest is the honorable... The majestic, the <laughs> magnificent, beautiful queen and matriarch of our family, my grandmother Wilma. Yes. <laughs> and so I've been talking about this series for Black History, and I wanted to not only talk to my friends and talk about the subject, but also wanted to highlight and talk about my family because we are a black family on the outside and on the inside and all the way around and life is about black um, excellence and history. It doesn't mean I need to her age because she's beautiful and she doesn't look her age at all. She looks very graceful. Graceful. And it's water and Vaseline in Jesus. And yes, has done her <laughs> very, very well. So we call her, she's our grandma, we call her mom. And that's a historic name that yes. we've known for all of uh, our her lives. lives. Our lives. And <laughs> that's what she's been known as because she's been like a mother to us. She's helped raise us and teach us and point us in the right direction and has been a lovely uh, the a push throughout our lives. And so, yeah, it's exciting. I'm excited. I've been anticipating this episode and yes. happy to plan it. So my sister is going to moderate this interview and just let us get to know all we want to know about our grandmother. Okay. Well, Mom, just please state your name. Not your full name. Yeah, not your last name. We don't want all the government. <laughs> well, Mom. <laughs> all right. So, Mom, and then people don't know that there's a little black history moment that we have in our family uh, in regards to mom miss wilma and we'll talk about that here in a minute um so you grew up in an all-white neighborhood in new albany so how was that living in an all-white neighborhood um in the 40s it was it was all right i mean uh we all got along um we didn't have any issues except for one we had one little guy that if he didn't get his way he would use the n-word and act real crazy but after we would ignore him he'd go home for about a half hour or so then he'd come back out and play with us and nobody carried any grudges or picked about it we just let it go it was just something that we learned to deal with when it come to him other than your neighborhood what was the times like in southern indiana um Really, there wasn't any issues that I was aware of. Um, I went to school at Fairmont Elementary School in my first year of school, and I was the only black child in the entire school for three years, and I never had any issues. I was never called out of my name. I was never mistreated. Um, my grandfather used to laugh and tease me and tell me, well, you got to look in the mirror to realize you're black, don't you? And we, it was always a joke, but there was never any um, racial issues that I was aware of at that particular time in my life. So in regards to the little black, home, black 
um, history moment. You said he was the first um, African-American in Fairmont Elementary, but you were also the second black in your Bill Cantu Club in 1963. So how was that experience? Well, it was a good experience because in Belcanto, you didn't get in based on color, based on anything but your talent. And I had started at Hazelwood Junior High School going to music contest every year up in Franklin, Indiana. And needless to say, thank you, I always place first. <laughs> <laughs> And so as I got into New Albany High School, I I got into New Albany High School and I was in the concert choir, I was in Bel Canto, and I was in theatrics. Um, There was two of us black in theater, there was two of us black in Bel Canto, and there was two of us black in concert choir. Um, and like I said, after you got New Albany High School, you got in, I got in the choirs and the clubs due to talent, not race. Good. It's really good to hear because back in those days, you know, in the 40s and 50s and they 60s. Weren't required if, they weren't required for diversity hires, so. Well, and that made where we got our theatrics because we were both in theater in high school. <laughs> I think mine's just natural. Anyway. <laughs> what kind of songs did y'all sing? Uh, we sang classics. Um, we did plays like Pajama Game, My Fair Lady. Um, hmm. I can't think of all the plays we did, but we basically did classical plays and sang classical music. Um, during the holidays, we did a lot of caroling. Uh, at the nursing homes and throughout the halls of some of the elementary schools. Uh, So it was basically classical music that we did. And that's the reason even now, uh, a lot of people that I know they don't particularly care for musicals. I like musicals. I do too. Um, I really enjoy them. Um, The Wizard of Oz, we did that. Um, we just, I, I just, during the times I was in, uh, elementary, junior high and high school, I had good experiences. I didn't have any racial times that I was called out of my name or the only time I was called out of my name is if I was walking home from school, uh, along Vincennes Street, you might find a carload of young white guys that would holler out the word, the N-word at you. But my grandfather always told me not to acknowledge it because if I turn and look around, that means I'm what they call me. And so when uh, I would be called out of my name walking down the street, I just kept walking. I, I didn't pay attention. And that wasn't very often. That was just on occasion. Did you have white friends? Back in the day? Yes, that's all I had. <laughs> <laughs> and basically, like us too. <laughs> basically, um, Not too much I was kind of made fun of by my black 
friends or black schoolmates because I did have so many white friends, but these white friends came from the bel canto, the concert choir, um, the music uh, that we did. Uh, I played tennis. Um, back then, you didn't find too many black girls or young yeah. ladies that played tennis because they was afraid their hair would sweat and get bad. I didn't care, you know, but I played tennis and that was basically with white girls. Um, and like I said, I was on swim, on swim team. Um, no black girls, just me. Um, that was what I did. And like I said, it, I didn't pay any attention to race. I, I wasn't raised in a house where we talked about, I'm black, you're white. Um, we were just people. Right. And, and that's the way I came up and that's the way I enjoyed life. I didn't run into racial issues until I was grown and that was in my job. Well, speaking of occupation, what was your occupation after high school, college, things of that nature? I started out working for a telephone company. It was called Indiana Bell right after graduation. But then I transferred to medical field and worked on becoming a respiratory therapist. And I went to UofL, I went to IU, and then I had... Um, uh, classes by way of, uh, I forget what you call it, um, I went to school by way of mail, and um, my children were young then, but they helped me with my schooling, they would ask me questions, and it eventually got me to a respiratory therapist with papers, I was certified and in the field of respiratory care. Um, and I went on down to help set up a respiratory care hospital department in uh, Fort Myers, Florida. It was called Gulf Coast Hospital. And I was there a year and a half helping set it up. Why didn't you stay? I didn't like... <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't like the heat. He was like, we could have been down there too. Well, Florida's not the best place now <laughs> to be yet because it just they just crazy down there. I mean, it's nice vacations, but it's not. But. It it depends on what area. Yeah. Um. Uh. It was too much heat, and then one day I came in from work and lizards and alligators. It was on the news <laughs> to all Floridians beware of the snakes. Oh. Mm -mm. And uh, then I went to the mall, which was like. A couple of miles from my apartment, there was an alligator in the parking lot. So my mm -mm. department head at Gulf Coast Hospital told me, Wilma, don't even worry about it. If you see an alligator, just leap up on the car because they don't have any leaping ability. Well, I was a smart aleck, and I said, no, they don't have to have because I'm going to leap myself back to Indiana. <laughs> And at that time, I had my granddaughter with me down there. That's me. So we packed mm -hmm. up. Shut up. And we drove back. Shut up. We Rub drove it in. back to Indiana. Oh, and, yeah. of course, now, and again, it would depend on what area you were in, but um, 
Florida is kind of being overran around by the Everglades with the pythons and yes. all that down there. So and the crazy laws. I, I mean. don't care to be in Florida other than a drive through. And so, were you a traveling nurse, or you just went there for that one assignment? No, I went for that one assignment to help uh, set up respiratory care in the new hospital. Gulf Coast was being built. It was a new was hospital, fun. and um, rub it in. I um, I went there to help set up the respiratory care department, wow. and it was nice. And uh, Florida, it's uh, in itself, it, it's a nice place to visit, I guess. But it would depend on what area and what time of year. Um, I was down there through Christmas holidays, and people were wearing overcoats, and I was wearing sweaters. Um, I guess it just depends on what area you're in and what time of year you're in, but it's and what part of Florida. They say the northern part of Florida is much nicer. I was at the Belt. I was right there by Miami. I was mm -hmm. an hour from Miami, and so it would depend. But I choose not to deal with Florida. Um, mm. Florida, you can have Florida. <laughs> then you then you also used to travel around. The Southern Indiana area and In teach. Kentucky. No, when I came back from Florida, from setting up help setting up respiratory care, I was a respiratory care manager that took care of Northern, Southern, and Western Kentucky. Um, I traveled down there about twice a week to different areas to make sure that the departments were operating correctly, um, talked with the CEOs of each nursing home to determine if they were satisfied with our job, what we were doing, make sure the equipment and everything was intact. Um, but that was as a manager for the area. It wasn't, I would help my staff if they needed help when I got there. But as a rule, I just went to make sure that everything was going okay in the home. You, so how was it working uh, in the medical field as, of course, as a black woman, also as a black woman in management? Management was fine. Um, my bad experiences came within the hospital. I worked at Clark County Memorial Hospital in Jeffersonville for 22 years. And a lot of the patients that came through were from your I guess you, I hate to say, but I guess you would say the backwoods area. And they did not have any real connections with black people, nor did they want it. Um, they were very livid about how they felt toward a black individual mm -hmm. giving them medical help. It didn't matter that you were trained and experienced and, and knew what you were doing you were black and and from the area they came from uh they did not want any any contact with blacks for no reason even if they were breathing their last breath it was like no don't want you to touch me so but in my management experience i went down in the i guess you would say hills of kentucky and I did not have any bad experiences. Um, one of the CEOs at the nursing home told me I wouldn't 
have any bad experiences as long as I wasn't going to move there. So (laughs) they knew I wasn't going to move there. So I did not have any bad experiences on the highway in the little towns or anything like that. You highlighted one of your experiences as a nurse. Can you tell tell us the story of the old man breathing? Um, I was never categorized as a nurse. I was a respiratory therapist. Oh, the therapist. And they paid me what we call STAT, get there right away, to a gentleman that was from the Salem area. And when I got there, he could hardly breathe. He was getting bluish around the lips. And he said, I do not want a nigger treating me. And he said this in between barely able to breathe. Mm -mm -mm. And I told him, well, I'm qualified, I'm experienced, and if you're going to get any help, you're going to get it from me. (laughs) Or you're going to meet the Lord or somebody else. (laughs) In his uh, gasping for air, he finally allowed me to treat him. But at the end of the day, he said, I still don't want a nigger treating me. Wow. And... About two or three days later, I saw this same gentleman, and he said, I apologize, but I still don't like niggers. And like I told him, I said, well, sir, I don't either. You need to get your dictionary out and get the definition of what word nigger means. And another shade thrown. And I said, so, but that was the only real bad experience I had uh, in, in my profession and stuff in the medical field, that was the worst um, experience I had. I had some more, but they were mild and just kind of laughed them off and kept going. But uh, that was the worst one I had to think that somebody is barely able to breathe and just about getting ready to take their last breath and say they don't want you to treat them. And aside from your occupation as respiratory therapist, um, of course you went on life to have four children, and they're all boys. <laughs> Lord Jesus. So how was it? <laughs> give it a, a thumbs down. So how was it having children in the 1960s, and, and on top of that having all sons in that time frame? The 60s and the 70s. Just raised them, period. It was right. not, it wasn't a problem. Um, my boys were well-mannered because um, they knew I didn't have a problem spanking. Um, Beating. We, we, lived in, <laughs> we lived in the project, um, and when we moved in the project, I chose to get in the, the better project what was predominantly white because um, it was near my grandmother uh, who also assisted in watching my sons when I had to work. Um, didn't have any really issues. The, the, the boys, they all played football, basketball and stuff together um, out of maybe 10 or 15 kids playing, my 
four were the only ones black that played. And they got along very well. Uh, there were times that they would get into their little disagreements and arguments and the N-word would be used, but that lasted maybe 20 minutes, a half hour, then next thing you know, they were right back playing um, together again. And even to this day, there's some of them that they're still um, acquainted with as well as friends with. Mm -hmm. And um, the ones that I'm aware of, they're still mannerly. Um, and I don't have any problems. We, we Any problems we had in the project uh, when it come to racism was from outside the project. It was, you know, people felt like they could say and do anything and I wasn't having it. So that's, but basically, you know, my sons, we, we didn't talk black, white, we talked people. Right. And um, that's it. My two older sons never dated white girls, but my two younger sons, that's all they dated. They never. So they married, yeah. They married as well as dated white girls. And so it was never, color was never an issue in our home. And it's still not an issue now. Um, the only time color becomes an issue is if somebody brings it to us, you know, out of, out of character. And of course we all have something to say if something's brought to us out of character like that. Yeah. What was it like raising four boys in general? Could Hard. You... I, I worked um, I worked two and a half jobs. Um, oh. we, we didn't receive any assistance. I was about to say that. <laughs> um, I worked two and a half jobs. Um, God was good to us. Um, Why didn't you receive any assistance? For one thing, uh, when I did go for assistance, they said I always made too much money because I was a respiratory therapist. I went and helped treat people that were having breathing issues at a nursing home across the street from the hospital. Then, at night, my cousin and I mopped floors at Frisch's Big Boy in New mm -hmm. Albany. Um, so they said I made too much money, like a dollar more, a dollar too much. Wow. Um, and one lady told me, you know, if I wanted to get assistance, if I quit my job, they would help me, and I wasn't going to. Mm -hmm. And at this, in this particular time, uh, the way things are, I'm glad I did not. Um, but it was rough. Um, I really didn't have any trouble with my sons until they got older. When they were younger, they were, they were not a problem at all. But as they got older, you know, I faced some issues with them. But in, in general, they're good guys, in general, you know. Um, love them. And, 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 you know, I don't like always where they're coming from, but I respect where they're coming from. That's it, you know. I've got good grandchildren, um, very good Sorry. grandchildren that have been <laughs> raised in church, and I, I'll always thank their mother for that. They were raised in church. They're on the right path. Um, they're outspoken, but they're good. You know, and when she say they, she's talking about me and Dave. <laughs> we are not. Kanisha yeah. and Dave. Darian's one too, but Darian kind of like 
Darian kind of sways from time to time, but he's a good kid too. He's a good grandkid. And uh, who's your favorite? I don't have any favorite. <laughs> the first one, hello, and that would be me. No. <laughs> Oh, Kanisha was my Kanisha was my first girl. Uh, overall, I got uh, I think four granddaughters. I, I, Shane's children I don't know a whole lot about. They live in Somerset, but Kanisha and Davon are my top aides here. They talk about me, and make fun of me, but they're they're my goodies. I look I look up to both of them and respect both of them. I'd like to beat them up sometime, but... And we're a very playful family. We're abused. He abuses us. Oh, Lord. We're a playful family. We crack jokes on each other, but we all do it in love. (laughs) We We always do that. They might say anything. Of course, (laughs) Kanisha and Davon's dad, they they give him the blues. Oh, he gives us the blues. He gives us the blues. (laughs) And he will say anything on his You would have to know him, too. Oh, Lord. And you would... And once you would meet him, you would make one decision, two decisions. The one decision would be you like him. The other decision would be you can't stand him. Mm-hmm. So we all, we all love him, and when he comes around, we we just expect I know anything. Everybody, anything. all my friends love him. They yes. like him more than they like me. They only came He's around. He's very popular. When I lived, he does when not I lived know with him, the only time they wanted to come over was just to see him and see what he would say. Yeah. He just said anything. He'll say anything, and we'll just laugh. Like, what is this coming But I wonder where he got that from. Right. He had to get it from his dad. The guy I'm you. Oh, oh, my Lord. So, towards the end of our interview, which is really sweet, how do you describe black history and who has made the most impact in your life? They don't have to be black, just any person in general, but well, what does... I always read a lot. Um, I still read. Not, I don't read as much as I used to, but I always read a lot. And it's not that you have to believe everything you read or hear but you take into consideration what is being said. Um, I listened to a lot of the words of Martin Luther King, uh, Maya Angelou. Mm -hmm. Um, They had some very, very positive, significant things to say in their books as well as their speeches. Mm -hmm. Um, Like I said, you don't always have to just grasp everything and believe everything that said, done, or read, but you do, for your own sake, as well as your family's sake, as your friend's sake, as the public's sake, you allow it to go through your your brain circuits. Um, What are they saying? What does that mean? Mm -hmm. How does that affect me? That even goes within your churches. Um, When you go to church, you're being fed. Yeah. And you got to determine how that food is going in your system. Yeah. How does it affect me? How does it affect the ones around me? How does it affect uh, my life in general? Um, and, and that's the way I look at black history. Black history, there's so many things that we have not been taught um, 
as a black race in our schooling. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's a lot of things that have bypassed us, um, but it's beginning to come out now. Um, hopefully, my great grandchildren are going to be able to be made aware of what black history is really all about. Um, and it's just now starting to surface. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, it's been, they've been trying to bring it out for years, but it yeah. was come out the wrong way. Now with all the injustices and stuff, mm -hmm. um, all the racism that's being uh, brought to light and everything, black history is surfacing. Yeah. Um, and it's going to be a while. It's, it's not going to, it might be another decade. But at the, at the end of the day, it's all going to surface as to what black history was. Were we really slaves at one time or not? Um, how were the slaves treated? Uh, what type of justice was even in slavery times? Um, was there any? Zero. You know. Um, <laughs> So there, there are just things that are coming out that I hope that my great-grandchildren, my grandchildren that are much younger now, I hope they are made aware in the proper way. And I don't know that racism's ever going to die because so many whites still raise their children not to like blacks. Blacks are bad people. Yeah. And this uh, clan and stuff, it's not going to go away. It hasn't in all these years, so it's definitely not now. But hopefully, our black children will get educated. Children in general. Will choose to show the world what blacks are really about. Um, and this comes from being educated. Um, like the young lady that was in the uh, swearing-in of the president, the oh, little Amanda Gup, uh, Goodman. Um, very good example of what hopefully will continue to go with our black race. Um, we need to stop hurting each other physically, mentally, emotionally. Um, we need to stop killing each other and try to join hands and love each other because if we love each other, there, with love there comes understanding. With understanding there comes respect. And we as a black race of people have to become more loving mm -hmm. and more respectful of one another. Yes. Uh, as true. a race of people. And this yeah. sometimes yeah. has to, we say this stuff begins at home. Mm -hmm. Which basically it does, but it also has to take presence in the streets. Mm -hmm. We we have to embrace each other. We have to stop charging each other, um, accusing each other. Um, you know, just because this or that, and you're black, I don't want to be around you. Yeah, you should, because God went around. All prostitutes, robbers, killers. Sure Check did. his disciples out. Yep. 
his disciples were not great people. They were terrible people. But he made them his disciples. He embraced them. And we as a people, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say there's some people I don't particularly care for because there are. Um, but if I run across these people, I respect them by and, and show them courtesy by saying, hey, how you doing? And I keep it moving. Yep. And like I say, you don't have to embrace everybody in your race of people, but you can show each other common courtesy. Um, you can show each other that, yeah, uh, you're not particularly my cup of tea, but, you know, I can deal with you. I can be courteous to you. And that's what our black race is lacking. Mm -hmm. Our black race is going to church. Our black race is out here pretending to be Miss So-and-so, Mr. So-and-so, and won't even speak to their neighbor. Mm -hmm. how, 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 do you, how do you rate that? And like I said, I'm not sitting here putting myself on the pedestal because there are some people I don't particularly care for. <laughs> and, and I don't mind saying it, and they probably, if they've been in my presence, they probably know it. I don't particularly care for them, and that's even some in the family. But I don't disrespect them, and I don't mistreat yeah. I'm cordial to them, and then I keep it moving. So all I can say in looking back on black history and what I was made aware of um, as a young person. And as I've grown older, we as a black race of people need to embrace each other, be supportive of one another. And if we can't be supportive of you, we can send up your name in prayer. Because yeah. there are some people that you can't be supportive of. If you do, they'll knock your head off. So that's all I can say, and I hope my grand boys and my great-grandboys. I know my great-grandchildren are being raised right. And I respect their mother, Kanisha, for it. And the Bible says if you raise a child in the ways to go, if he strays away, he will come back. Yeah. So I'm not worried yeah. about them too. Yeah. <laughs> I know they're going on the right path with their exactly. mother and their uncle Davon because they both on them. So thank you for allowing me to run my mouth. <laughs> a few more questions. One, I heard somebody yesterday's TikTok. They were talking about they were in particular talking about Rosa Parks. They were saying how they learned about Rosa's Rosa Parks story a certain way for a long time. They recently found this recording of her talking about her experience on the bus and how they were taught a certain way it was different. They they are now realizing that. You know, black people had it right the whole time as far as the story of Rosa Parks and the way it was put in the books was different. Mm -hmm. And they said they, said they realized that because it's the way we were taught at home and talked wow. talk to at home how those stories, not only hers, but in general right. about the black history and the black experience and black lives um, matter. And I think it's important not only for the black race, but for all races Yeah, to yeah. understand one another and to move yeah. forward. Uh, I don't have a couple more questions, but one of them being in the times that we are now with the social injustice and yeah. justice, 
what would you say is different from then versus now? Mm-hmm. Uh, then versus now? Then, the social injustices and the racism was swept under a rug, uh, hidden, uh, wasn't talked about. Um, the police beat up blacks and busted in homes and was disregarding um, um, the judges and things. I don't think, I still don't think they are. Yeah. Uh, I don't think there's justice because you can have a black man kill somebody and get life and you can have a white man kill somebody and get 10 years. Yeah. Um, and this is, all, um, this is all in the news. This isn't something I'm right. making up. All you got to do is look at the news. So it's just this, the racism and social injustice, it was hidden. It was, it was swept under the rug, and uh, people didn't come out with uh, how they really felt. They just, behind closed doors. Uh, you think it's because they felt it was hopeless? to say anything or nothing would, would get done properly? Uh, on the, on whose part? The black? On Maybe. The, on the yeah. black man's part, yeah. Uh, who was he going to uh, talk to about it? On the white man's part, he felt like, I got it going on. I'm white. I can do what I want to. This is the issue that's going on with the white supremacists now. The white supremacists are really upset because they are afraid they're going to lose that white power. Not just money, their white power. Because all these years, they've been able to trample on the black man. Uh, look what they did to the young man in Georgia years ago. Um, I can't remember his name. Oh, was that Jasper? No. Or is one like, was it Jasper in or Jas or no. something? Uh, I forget. Uh, down in. South, where you know they, they, they him burned up. him, they tied him up, they uh, him up with his body. Uh, stuff because a white woman said he touched her or looked at her wrong, and then here, 30, 40 years later, she says she lied. Oh, oh Emmett Till. Emmett Till, yeah. And I, I mean, so look, when you look at all these differences, that the white man got away with a lot of stuff right in the open that he's not getting away with right now in the open, but he's trying to go back there. The only thing that's stopping him now is you got just as many radical blacks out here that will go up against them. They didn't go against them there then. Now there's still some states down south, a black man going to store and you're standing in line to get checked out. If a white man walk up behind you, you're supposed to back up and let him go before you. That's still going on in some of your southern states now. Uh Okay, my son and I, James, were talking about that. I wouldn't put up. Yeah, you would do it if that's the way you were raised. Yeah. Yeah. You wouldn't go down there and do it. I ain't moving. But if that's the way you were raised... Yeah. You would back up for the white man. Yeah. So see, that's what I'm saying. Things then have changed a lot, but not 
a lot. The white supremacists now want all this stuff back in order. If you're walking, excuse me, down the street on the sidewalk, excuse me, and a white man's coming or a white lady's coming, you're supposed to step off the sidewalk so they can go by. This is still going on in some places. People don't realize mm -mm -mm. they still got some places in the deep south that the bathrooms and things are still, still segregated. Mm -hmm. Water fountains still and things. Still the same. So see, that's what I'm saying. Um, times have not changed like they should have. You know, like people say, oh my God, all this Martin Luther King and... <laughs> Oh my God, they still do it? Yeah, because it's not going to change. The only thing that's going to change is when that man upstairs decides he's going to change it. Because it's not going to change. It hadn't changed in all these years, and it's not going to change. I think we're in the right direction. <laughs> I think we're headed in the right direction, but there's going to be a lot of bloodshed. Has. <laughs> it's going to be a lot more bloodshed yes, mm -hmm. um, before. I don't know that it'll ever come to an end unless no. until God does. Because there's still going to be some those those headstrong people who want to yeah, believe what they want to believe. You still got people that are. You got blacks teaching your kids against whites. You got whites teaching your kids against black. Those few little, just those few. Yeah. Won't let it be a difference, yeah. you know, yeah. because you got these, you got children that play with black kids, right? But when they go home, don't you play with that boy no more? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and they love them. Yeah. You know? So you got yeah. I think the amazing that. thing um, that I've gotten to observe and witness and be a part of is with the current state that we are in and with the current protesting and the things that that are going on and when people are taking a stand now and saying we're not we're not doing this anymore is that it's not only been just people i think it's it's been people of color but you have you got hispanics you got all of them too your white brothers and sisters with you hand in hand say hey we don't we don't want you to put this either we want to be an ally yeah. to what what you're having to face and go against and use our use our platforms and our privileges to help move this along with you and we're going to walk with you hand in hand. I've been to plenty of protests and seen everyone of all color around just thought this is crazy amazing. I'm sorry I had to come to this and then especially in Louisville when you had the police hitting, hitting us with tear gas and uh, you know, with force, the white people said, no, we're going to all make a chain in front of you, the black people. Well, and the thing of it is what people are not realizing, the Klan originated many, 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 many years ago. Mm -hmm. And in this particular day and age, and I have a letter here somewhere, the Klan will tell you, you can't stop us. We yeah. doctors, we're lawyers. We're policemen, you know, and, it, you know, to me at my age, it kind of bothers me sometimes when I go to the doctor because, you you know, they be wanting to do this, do that, and you wonder, are they crazy? Are you, I mean, are you, you getting know, the proper right care? Yeah. 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 You know? 
I mean, it's something to think about. Um, Although, you know, you pray that God is, anytime I go and they do anything to me, I say, God, you go first and then bring them in, you know. But uh, there's a lot to think about. And people, some people are thinking right, some people are thinking wrong. Mm -hmm. And we just got to, ones of us that want what's right, we got to pray and ask God to be in this. We, we, we got to ask for his support, his love, uh, his direction. Mm-hmm. Other than that, we ain't going nowhere. Right. Well, I think my last question is, is for me and Kanisha to yes. answer. But what do you, I give it to Kanisha first, what do you admire most about mom? Oh, everything. Anything anything (laughs) in particular? No, well, one, I mean, you know, even in spite of her being married and and having children, she was still put in a position to where she had to be really the head of her household. Um, And I look up to that because I'm the head of my household raising two sons. Mm -hmm. And I know she's she's done that, you know, uh, in a... An earlier time than I am. I know times are different now, um, but still, she had a walk in that position of authority that, um, and having to raise four males, you know, and for her to walk in that leadership and then for her to work and do what she was doing, and still, she was a provider and she was also the mothers, the chauffeur, you know, the laundromat, you know, the The chef, the cheerleader, you know, everything. Mm -hmm. And the fact that she did it with four boys, you know, um, that's very commendable, you know, very commendable. And, um, very commendable. (laughs) More of the boys came in here. (laughs) (laughs) And then her willingness to help me with my own, you know, cause you know, I'm a single mother with two. You know, and for her to help me with my own and how she was raising me, you know, um, my mother wasn't there. You know, my dad was, obviously still is, and here's because, you know, my grandmother. So that's why I don't call her grandmother because she is like my mother. That's why we none of us actually call her grandma. She's mom to us. So she's always been that to us. She always have a special place in my heart and everyone's heart you know, in that retrospect. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, you don't see too many. um, It seems like it's always been the grandmothers raising the children, especially in the black household, you know, going way back, you know, in the 30s and 20s and even all the way back, even to slavery. It seemed like it was always the grandmother always raising the kids, Mm -hmm. you know, and she's raised her kids her grandkids, her great grandkids, <laughs> you know, and she's still, she's she's still a prominent person in our family, you know. She is. She's the matriarch. Yeah, basically. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it goes from the head down, you know. So, yeah. yeah. I just, mm-hmm. admi- I just admire my grandma so much. Everything she's done. Just start crying day long. I'm not. That's so I'm not gonna keep it long. <laughs> Like you did. I'm not long-winded like you are. Um, I just admire you, Mom, for everything you've done, 
um, everything you've been through and how you approach things and carried yourself through it all um, and your hard work and I think there's definitely how you carried your life and how you've um, went about your life there has been fruit that's really good fruit that's come yeah. from it um, I think your grandchildren are examples of that and carrying on the legacy of this family and it's been a great example yeah. to us so thank <laughs> well thank you for this interview thank you for speaking with us and it's not a day to go by that she don't call us every single day he just shut up and Peyton and tells her too. Uh, Peyton tells her. Peyton says, "Mommy said, why well, you gotta call us every day?'" <laughs> That's what he told. Now we can leave out of here two minutes later. Y'all home yet? Nope, we ain't got here yet. <laughs> but it's our love for mom. We we joke around. Mom just loves do. us so much. She can't. She does. She can't not go a day without talking hearing to, to us and that is true okay. that is and that is true and I you know what know y'all okay because there, the there will be a day we will miss the call she yeah. gave us so yeah. i called james yeah. and where y'all at are y'all okay yeah, yeah. she's that's just know a horrible mother okay. that's all yeah what are you doing all right, folks, well, it's been a great episode. <laughs> Again, like, share, comment, have a discussion about this conversation. Listen to this episode tag over us. and over again. Um, yes, tag, tag us, us on social media. Let Facebook, us know how this conversation, yeah, all those <laughs> nice things. Check us out on our website. Let us know how this, this uh, podcast episode has impacted you, what you got from it. And until next time, you all stay safe, be good, and love one another. Bye. Hey guys, hope you all enjoyed this week's episode of Showing Out with the Soul. Be sure to like, subscribe, and share with your friends, and tune in next week for an all-new episode.